0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Some cracking derbies this
1: weekend. We have the Merseyside derby as Liverpool face Everton. And if you go to Serie A, a gigantic Milan derby as AC Milan and Inter Milan fight for the top of Serie A, we have this, we have the Premier League, La Liga, League A, ah, Bundesliga, and so much more. We have some sound bites from West Ham's Tommy Susek. This and much more as Kego weekend preview begins right now. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kego our weekend preview with the one, the only, the eternal. Jimmy <laughs> Conrad. Jimmy, what's up, man?
2: What's up, Luis? Uh, there's a lot of games, and there's games on games on games, and I'm here for it. I'm excited. It's another big game. A lot of derbies this particular weekend, so I'm excited to get into it.
1: Super excited. And usually, you know, there's a lot of banter at the beginning, but we're going to get straight into it, everybody. <laughs> okay. uh, as uh, Jimmy mentioned, uh, big games, especially derbies. Let's begin with the one in the Premier League as Liverpool host Everton, massive game, Merseyside Derby. Jimmy, what do you have for us?
2: Well, let's get into the fun facts. It's the 289th time that these two have faced off against each other. And I really feel like this one's pretty significant given that they're only separated by three points and one spot in the table what I find to be super crazy from a Liverpool perspective was about two months ago, they were on top of the table. Let's fast forward two months. They're 16 points behind man city. It's just what, what happens, you know? And uh, another fun fact I have is that Liverpool have lost five league games since the start of 2021, they lost five league games combined 2019 and 2020. I mean, that's, 72 matches. That is that is that is really uh next level stat. So they're clearly not the same squad for a number of reasons. Injuries, bad luck, poor form, goalkeeping errors from Allison, whatever you want. They've actually haven't been playing poorly. If you watch a lot of their games, they were in the game with Leicester, they gave that one away. They were hanging with Man City for a little bit. They just took care of RB Leipzig. So they're in good form, whereas Everton are coming off of back-to-back losses. Fulham was pretty embarrassing in Goodison Park. They got slapped around by Man City midweek. I don't know. I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin missed the midweek game against City. He's coming back into the team. Hamas didn't start, but we'll probably start here. Uh, Alon comes back into the team. Yeri Mina's going to be out, though. They do have some center back coverage. I don't know. I like this Liverpool team right now. I've got uh, lots of good vibes from them. Also, let's just talk about it. Last time these two teams played, it was 2-2. But despite that, that's when Virgil van Dijk got hurt by Jordan Pickford. I think there's some bad blood, and I just feel like Liverpool are going to come out. I'm just going to say it, Luis, they're going to kick their ass. I think there's something to prove here in a lot of different ways. I like Liverpool to win and both teams to score. That is plus 180. I think Everton will get something because that defense for Liverpool is still a little vulnerable. Uh, I think they will give up a chance and I think Everton will bury it. But ultimately, I think Liverpool are going to do the business. Uh, the fun one to consider for this is the, the number of cards. This is the fun, the fun exotic bet I found for you guys on William Hill. This fixture has the most red cards in premier league history <laughs> of course so take, it does. <laughs> take take that to the bank uh under four if you guys want just under four total cards it's minus 118. i was like nah, there's not going to be under four cards why is that the heavy favorite oh you got is william hill insane and then and then four to six is where it gets a little tricky that's plus 145 back in the 2-2 game they, they played a goodison park it was six cards in that one including a red for charleston in the 91st minute over six is plus four eighty. I'm kind of going over six. I like that value a lot of plus four eighty. I don't know about you guys, but that's my breakdown of the game. I think Liverpool are gonna be up for it.
1: Thank you, Jimmy. That was excellent. And I, I gotta say, there's hard to argue against all of that. First of all, I think that the Liverpool win against RB Leipzig kind of sparked a new fire in them. They they looked good, they looked resilient, they were up for it. And what better way to follow that up with their bitter rivals, Everton? For Everton's side, as an Aston Villa fan, I'm loving this because the thing is, they're trying to climb up that table and they are not winning. They lost to Man City, of course, uh, and they're looking a little bit vulnerable. Uh, DCL coming back is a major thing. Ham is coming back is a major thing, but is it enough? The other thing is, you know, when you look at it historically, Jimmy, Liverpool are unbeaten in the last 23 meetings with Everton. So historically, mm-hmm. it, it just shows one way. The fact that it, I don't think the Anfield thing is a, is a factor just because it's an empty state. I think both of them are, will be up for it. I'm with you 1 million percent. There's going to be so many bookings in this. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> There's a lot of bad blood. And I think that when you incorporate new players, right, I'm talking about uh, Davies, Ben Davies, and of course, Quebec, like sometimes the emotions get ahead of you. Mm -hmm. and the focus maybe is lost a little bit. And I feel that there might be a situation in this game where uh, let's hope for not an injury like it was against Virgil van Dijk, but it will get testy. And I think that the testier it gets, the worse it gets for Carlo Ancelotti's side. I see Liverpool winning this one uh, as well. Perhaps something like 3-1. Yeah,
2: I could see that. I I believe that to your point about Liverpool just needing uh, some breaks to go their way. When we look at that RB Leipzig game midweek, Couple bad airs from RB Leipzig, and finally something went their way. They buried their chances, cool, calm, and composed. You know they did they did they did what they needed to do on the other side of the ball too. I think that clean sheet from a mental perspective, a confidence perspective, especially with Kabach uh, in the lineup, was very important for them from a from a psychological angle of okay, Allison's not nobody's making any mistakes back here. We just did what we needed to do. We got out of this situation with a 2-0 win. I think that will carry over for sure. Whereas Everton are kind of coming in. A little unsure of themselves they ran up against the man city team i'm sure we'll talk about them with regard to their match against arsenal those guys are unplayable so you lose 3-1 to man city you're like, all right you know what are you gonna do those guys are unbelievable but but uh losing to fulham i thought was a lot more disappointing those are the games they need to win if they really want to get into the top six they have to win games that are against teams especially that are in the relegation zone and not playing very well well i mean fulham are actually playing okay but i don't take anything away from the cottagers but they're still full.
1: <laughs> no, this is a side that Everton should be winning. Like it's like, <laughs> Fulham, you're good, but you're still full. I mean,
2: they're, they're, they're playing better. You know, they're making it, they're harder to break down. I'll say, but, but uh, yeah, Everton shouldn't be losing to them 2 zero at home.
1: Yeah. And Fulham needed to get a result out of the Burnley game and it didn't happen. So, you know, it just goes back to the reality here uh, from a, just a, a standings perspective, by the way, everybody, you know, as we're talking, of course, Liverpool sixth and Everton seventh, uh, a win, For Everton gets them even on points. Of course, Liverpool has a better um, goal differential, but it's important. And to your point, Jimmy, from a few weeks ago, maybe even earlier this week, I can't remember, we've done so many episodes, um, is that Liverpool um, really is not anymore, like forget the Premier League title, bye bye, Champions League, that's in jeopardy at this point. So they need to get these wins.
2: Yeah, they do. I mean, I think we've talked about it with regard to where do they put their focus? And Jurgen Klopp's come out and said, well, we have a chance to win silverware in the Champions League. Well, we don't in the league, so we're going to go for that. You know, they're out of the FA Cup as well. So, but top four is important. It's important in a lot of different ways. I think it's important in the transfer market. It's important for keeping players, right, and not losing guys. So it, it's very important. You're, they're trying to get Virgil van Dijk to sign a new five-year deal. They're trying to link or ink new deals with uh, Mo Salah as well. If you're in the Champions League, it's a lot easier to have those conversations than if you're not. and Or if you have to fight through the Europa League or even fight out of not being in the top six. We saw it with Chelsea. You know, they win the title one year and then finish, what, eighth or ninth the following season. So it it can happen. It's not outside the realm of possibility. But it wouldn't be a good look for Liverpool, especially given how good they are.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Chelsea, that's our next game. And Thomas Tujo is having one of those honeymoon periods. I wonder how long it will last, but it's doing very well for him as they travel to face Southampton. That's actually the early kickoff on Saturday. And talking about Liverpool needing to you know, go up the table and have a top four spot, Chelsea could care less because they yeah. won that spot and they are fourth right now. And of course, uh, Southampton is a tough opponent. They haven't been as good. Uh, as it was at the very beginning of the season. Chelsea, I think, can take a lot of advantage. What do you have here, Jimmy? Chelsea uh, traveling south to Southampton.
2: Well, this is all pointing towards Chelsea. Southampton might have been a tough opponent, as you mentioned a couple months ago. Not so much now. They lost to Wolves 2-1 in their last game. They now lost their last six straight in the league. That's a run of one win in 11, which leaves Southampton, which is crazy because we were talking about them being somewhat the darlings of of the Premier League a couple months ago. Leaves them in the bottom half of the table. On the other side of things, uh, Chelsea just uh, had a really good performance against my Newcastle. Not too surprising, all things considered. It was a 2-0 win. The problem was Sammy Abraham went out about 20 minutes in with an ankle injury. So Olivier Giroud will probably get the start here. Uh, Tiago Silva probably could play in this one, but I think they want to make sure he's hundred percent fit for Atletico Madrid next week in the champions league. Chelsea have conceded just one goal in their five league matches under Tuchel. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and that was an Antonio Rudiger own goal. It wasn't like the other team even scored. So the value that I like a lot, because Chelsea's a pretty heavy favorite here. And also I should mention that, that they've, uh, they've won five straight. And every time they've gone to Southampton and won five straight at the St. Mary's. So uh, that's, that's, it's all kind of pointing towards Chelsea. The clean sheet is what I'm looking at. That's probably the best value you're going to find on William Hill. Clean sheet for Chelsea's plus 145. I like that one.
1: Yeah, Uh, nothing much more to add. I guess just a question for you, Jimmy. It seems Christian Pulisic is fighting for minutes uh, as of late. Obviously, he doesn't necessarily fit uh, a natural system that Tuchel he likes his teams narrow, but then again, Pulisic is somebody that can be versatile, but he's not necessarily right now being the perfect choice for Tuchel. Mason Mount, of course, being you know part of that format and uh, you know using fullbacks, full wingbacks uh, can be a disadvantage to you know wide players. What do you make of uh, Pulisic's run of uh, minutes, la- lack of minutes uh, with Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea?
2: My sense is that. He might not be playing well in training I, I don't know if he's playing or not not playing well for what he's being asked the responsibilities or players are just playing better than him at the current moment you know i i it, it seems like i mean even Keppa's getting back into the team for chelsea yeah. right i mean and the much maligned keppa who everybody thought was going to be shipped out they wouldn't bought another goalkeeper because keppa was playing so poorly he's getting a chance to play under tuchel so I don't know. If if Pulisic can't get a a chance, especially with his former manager, Borussia Dortmund, you wonder what's going on in a lot of different ways. To your point, though, they get their width in a different way under Tuchel. You got Hudson-Odoi, who's been playing very well as kind of a wide wing back in some ways. And then Marcus Alonso, who doesn't like to play defense, really enjoying this new uh, breath of fresh air under Tuchel where he can just kind of get forward and not worry about his defensive responsibilities because they have that back line of three. They play a box in the middle, so everybody that doesn't know... They have a, a holding double pivot. So we've got Jorginho and Kovacic who kind of sit in front of that back three. And then they have Werner and Mason Mount to play right above him. And I just don't know where Pulisic really fits. He's not really the hudson adoy role, right? Like a straight out wing back. But he's also maybe too pinched in with Mason Mount or Timo Werner. And, and I just don't know where he's going to break out and do his thing. He likes to pick up the ball somewhat wide in those pockets between the, the midfield and, and the back line and then run at you and do his thing. This, this system isn't set up for him to have that type of success. So I do, uh, uh, I guess I'm, I'm ex- expressing some concern here about how he's going to be utilized moving forward. I tell, Tuchel will find a way, and he'll, once he gets his minutes, he's got to make the most of them. But, yeah, it doesn't look good for him at the moment, which is kind of sad.
1: He'll find a way, but, yeah, uh, you just answered it there. I think the formation strategy doesn't suit him. Regardless, yeah. we'll see what happens. All right, sticking with the Premier League, so many games here, uh, a London derby here, West Ham high-flying West Ham, David Moyes' is West Ham against uh, the complete opposite to what's happening with Tottenham. Obviously, there's a caveat here, everybody, because we're taping before Tottenham's Europa League game. In fact, uh, some of these games uh, will probably be saying that a lot just because, you know, be wary in terms of injuries or anything like that, anything can happen. But in terms, Jimmy, of this game and what it means to both sides and what you would expect, what do you think?
2: When I think about this game in particular, it reminds me of their game back in October, and that was the game where Gareth Bale made his first appearance for the club when they were up 3-0 on West Ham. Gareth Bale comes on, and it ends up 3-3, and I really feel like that might have been somewhat of a turning point for Spurs because they were cruising. They were on close to the top of the table or on top of the table, if, if, if anybody wants to correct me that's listening or watching, and... and it seemed like everything was pointed in the right direction. Oh, they got this, you know, they got their their favorite son back from Real Madrid. He's going to lead them to glory. Look at, he comes on as a super sub. They're up three. So everything's going great. And honestly, that next 30 minutes changed everything. They go on to win that one. Maybe things are different. Who knows? I mean, Jose Mourinho does wear his teams down in a, in a way that some other managers don't. They just they can't get out of their own way. They, don't, they, they, can't, they haven't established that same type of rhythm that we saw at the beginning of the season. I think teams have figured them out a little bit. Just like, let's just put three or four guys on Hingham and son and Harry Kane and nobody else on the team can beat us, you know? So West Ham in particular, though, they're above them. I mean, I never thought at this point in the season we would be saying, hey, West Ham's in fifth and Spurs are in ninth at this point. The the odds of William Hill, it's pretty split. So if you guys are looking for parlays or whatever, I think there's some good value here. West Ham to win straight up is plus 160. The draw is plus 235. Tottenham uh, to win straight up is plus 170. So the the bookies think it's a coin flip as well. I could see this being a draw, right? We just saw it before the 3-3. I don't know what's going to happen with regard to lineups. I suspect that because they're playing Wolfsburger, uh tottenham i don't think they're going to roll out the, the the number one guys in this first leg of the europa league i think they're going to try to get an away goal maybe lock it in one one you know zero zero whatever and then try to win it in the second leg and i do think we'll probably see a pretty good lineup here kane and, and son will probably be in this one west Ham are good though luis i don't know it's it's tough david boyce deserves a lot of credit for for quietly putting this putting a very good team together and making them difficult to beat
1: Yep, they're a good side. The only thing that helps Tottenham a little bit is that West Ham have lost each of their last three home league games against Tottenham. Uh, I don't know how much that means right now because it's all about momentum and form. And West Ham, as you mentioned, is higher up the table to Tottenham. And of course, we have to wait and see what happens. By the way, this is a Sunday game. Obviously, Europa League teams uh, don't play on a Saturday. They'll play on a Sunday, Tottenham being one of them. Before we move on, by the way, our very own James Bench talked to a West Ham, not just West Ham, somebody who's in form in the entire premier league just scoring for fun so good thomas susek uh, talks a little bit about his time at west ham and everything else check it out you've got tottenham at the weekend is that a game that yeah i know you've played them once or twice before is that already a game that you that you look forward to that there's an extra sense of excitement when that game against tottenham's coming up
2: uh, yeah, this uh, now on the Sunday uh, is going to Tottenham, and we, uh, I think that all players uh, and staff uh, look forward uh, to this game because we know how high uh, we are at the table and how uh, this game could help us. So everyone uh, prepared yeah, very, very hard, and uh, I hope that uh, we uh, get it uh, similar like last. Uh, maybe uh, five, 10 matches uh, from the year 2021 is uh, getting uh, very well. Uh, So I hope that we carry on in this uh, performance and we uh, take three points.
1: That was uh, Tommy Susek. I don't know if he likes Tommy, Jimmy, but it sounds better. Doesn't it? Tommy Susek? I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's why I don't go with James. I go with Jimmy. It's more (laughs) Hollywood sounding. Exactly. Tommy. Let's give him the old Tommy nickname.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, all right. We're staying in the Premier League because of so many games. Uh, and we'll just keep rolling here. Sunday, another game. Uh, Arsenal <laughs> against Man City. <laughs> the student against the teacher. I don't know what to tell you, Jimmy. I know
2: exactly what to tell you, Luis. Listen, tell everybody. Me. It does not matter what Arsenal does against Benfica in the Europa League. It does Aubameyang Ab- 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 can score 10 goals. And I don't care. <laughs> Manchester City are gonna beat you. They are unplayable right now, and, and they they crushed Everton. They crushed the souls of Everton. Everton thought they actually. I liked Everton's energy in that game when I got to see uh, good portions of it uh, midweek. I was like, all right, Everton's in this. It's one one at one point. All right, they got yeah, got a good chance. You can see the sense of a belief. Come on, City didn't give up any corners, only two shots on goal, had 70% possession, and then scored some absolute peaches. I mean, and from different guys, Foden, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez. I mean, Gabriel Jesus is just dropping assists. I mean, they're just on fire right now. They are unplayable. So, again, I don't care what Arsenal does. I I really don't what what they're going to do in Benfica. They also get an extra day of rest, Man City. So that doesn't feel fair either.
1: <laughs> oh, so, and by the way, Kevin De Bruyne is back.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that too. So, so yeah, I, I like the clean sheet. I'm trying to find value for you guys. It's it's not too one-sided, but I'm trying to find some some stuff that makes sense on William Hill clean sheet for cities plus 120, uh, Man City to win, both teams to score. If you're feeling like maybe Arsenal will get a goal in some capacity, which is possible, that's plus 200. But City to win with a clean sheet is plus 150. So. Ah, those are the ones I'm kind of looking at but I wanted to give you guys both options in case you thought maybe you're a Gunner's fan and and you think they got a chance against city they don't have a chance against city however if you think they're gonna score there's still some value. Would you bet against your own team? that's what I want to know I don't know but I don't think that uh, Arteta even though he knows that that man city team very well that he has much of a chance especially because and I'll say this we said it before with Arsenal they had to travel to Rome for this leg one right? Now they got to fly back to play city and then they got to fly back down to Greece to play leg two next week. That seems pretty harsh, and, and I think City are going to take full advantage of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and to your question before, an Arsenal fan will never bet against them. Even if, even if they They'd they
2: be rich right now, you know?
1: Even if they're playing against, like, 1970 Brazilian team. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, listen, if we go back to what happened recently, you could see that Mikel Arteta super held back. It was very sort of counter-attacking against... It doesn't matter. Man City is just too good, to your point. Kevin De Bruyne is back. Uh, you know, uh, Pep Guardiola is saying that maybe Ilkay Gundogan will be back for this one. It doesn't matter. Gundogan's amazing. He's been great. But look at all the Arsenal. I'm using their own team against them. The Arsenal that Man City has to try and beat them. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Arsenal have lost their last three, no, sorry, their last seven league matches against Man City. And the Gunners have only ever lost more consecutively against Leeds, actually. Man City is after that. So listen, (laughs) it's it's just it's just man city all the way i i think that it'll be very similar to the other game Mikel arteta will hold it'll be maybe nil nil for a while and then suddenly oh, man city man. will be like you know what <laughs> so we, we, we gotta get ready for munching gladback let's just get going
2: i i will say though the last time these two played in the league it was tight it was at the Etihad. very it was tight one, yeah. one zero that Man City team is much different from, from this one. That was the Man City team that was struggling to get anything going. They were really focused on playing good, sound, solid defense. They got the clean sheet that re- that reflects that. The Man City that we see now is the one that that beat them four one in the League Cup not too long ago. So, I, yeah, I find it uh, find it hard for, to to really muster any type of confidence for for Arsenal to get a result. They're not. I mean, maybe somehow, some way, they could get a draw if all of a sudden somehow but i still don't i don't i'm trying to reach here for arsenal fans i just don't i just don't see it
1: no no me neither Uh, we got two more games to talk about in the premier league before we take a break Uh, let's try and be quick about it but you know we want to give you everything uh let's talk about villa hosting leicester city leicester city again doing well again they're playing in the europa league so it's a little tricky to figure out but they do have crucial injuries um we're heading into this one. Villa, of course, Villa will be without Matty Cash. That's a big deal. Uh, they're right back, of course. There is cover, but Matty Cash has been tremendous. But Villa, Leicester City, a good game. Definitely from the for the neutral and the way that if you enjoy your football, you enjoy these two managers facing each other.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh Villa have dropped off a smidge. Leicester continue to kind of hold their ground and are currently tied with Manchester United on 46 points in the table, second and third, respectively there. Villa, I thought have rebounded well from their loss to, to West Ham. They beat Arsenal and Brighton. So, or then, excuse me, they got a draw. So it's four points out of those two games, but two clean sheets. And I think that's really important for, for Villa to kind of get that confidence going again on that side of Emiliano ball.
1: Martinez, my friend. The he is making
2: some, making some big saves. Leicester, though, are coming into this one on the back of three clean sheets in their last four. So I, in some ways, expect it to be pretty close. Leicester are also unbeaten in their last eight away from home. They've won five of those eight. So they're good um, in, in these types of situations. I hate betting the under, but I like the under at two and a half goals plus 100. It was, it was a little tougher to find uh, the straight up fun value in this one. But I like the under. I think it's going to be tight. I could see a 1-1. One, one. I don't know if Jamie Vardy's going to play. In, in the Europa League indeed, DD, they might be held back a little bit for this game in particular because it's pretty clear that Brendan Rodgers not only wants to finish in the top four, but I think he quietly wants to finish above Liverpool, uh, the club that he got fired from. So <laughs> a, lot, a lot of storylines there. And I, I, you know, why wouldn't he's a human being? I mean, it makes sense that he'd want to, he'd want to do that and kind of show them that he's the goods and he's clearly proven he's a top manager. Ricardo Pereira, I think is the interesting one for me. He's one of the, he was the best right back in the Premier League last season. He will not play in the Europa League just so he can be ready for this game as they ease him back into full health. So he's going to be a big boost for that defense in Leicester that's a little bit thin right now with Fofana out, James Justin out amongst, amongst a couple other defenders. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. I could see a 1-1 here, though.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be a really good game. Uh, by the way, Ricardo Pereira uh, getting ready for uh, that weekend game on the right side. He'll be facing Jack Grealish. I'm not even going to say what's going to happen. <laughs> but by the way, to your point, though, Leicester City, 46 points. Uh, And if they win, and we're going to talk about United now, but if they win and United, uh, you know, only draw or don't win themselves, you know, Leicester City to second, which is unbelievable. Uh, Villa, by the way, they still have a game in hand to Everton, two games in hand to a few other teams above them. And if they have 36 points, if they win, they'll go above Everton. If, of course, uh, it doesn't go their way against Liverpool. All right, let's talk about... Manchester United against Newcastle. A a, a game with so much history. The famous uh, Kevin Keegan lines, right? Uh, This is the one from the 90s. Uh, Manchester United in second, 46 points. Obviously, we have to take this uh, before they face Real Sociedad on Thursday. Newcastle, probably happy that Fulham only got a point against Burnley. Uh, They're 17th, just above the relegation zone with six points above it. Talk to me, Jimmy, about your Newcastle facing Manchester United. It's at Old Trafford, right?
2: It's, well, because it's at Old Trafford, I give them half a chance because United can be a little dodgy at home at times and give teams like, say, Sheffield United uh more of, of a look uh and a possibility of winning a game than maybe if they were away from home they went to same st james's park earlier this season luke shaw actually had an own goal two minutes in if everybody remembers and then it became the bruno fernandez show and they ended up scoring four in the second half or no no three in the second half all after the 85th minute by the way to to win 4-1 so newcastle will be there they're gonna fight they're gonna scratch i don't know if they necessarily play for their manager Steve Bruce I think they like the guy all things considered but I don't think they look at him like this guy's a a footballing genius you know I'm learning so much from this guy no they're learning how to sit back and and defend as a group even though I don't know I've got a lot of issues with Newcastle and Steve Bruce in particular we've already gone over some of these it becomes therapy at times for me when I talk about them (laughs) Manchester United though with regard to them you know, it depends on which team they roll out. They have the best depth that they've had in, in many, many seasons, and I think it's it's bearing fruit. They've, they've been competitive in a lot of different ways. Paul Pogba is hurt for the midweek game. I don't know if we'll see him back for this one. Obviously, he would be a, a welcome addition to this squad as they try to balance multiple competitions. So I mean, United have too much class, too much quality, I think. If, if Newcastle can score an early goal and put the pressure on them like they did the last time out, that's possible. Callum Wilson, I don't think he's going to start this one. Uh, if he does, then they got a chance. But, you know, well, you can only do so much with 25% possession or whatever they can possibly have. So Wow, you're like
1: giving 25%? That's Yeah, good. It's, it's a little
2: <laughs> higher than most. I'm trying to be optimistic here, Luis. But I uh, ultimately, I think United win this game. And and uh, I'll look, you, you give me your insight and I'll give you guys the lines. I mean, nice. you said I, it. I already, didn't even man. go you, look. It's so sad. I didn't United even United's
1: taking this. Uh, they're going to want to take it. They want I mean, they have their own aspirations, of course, and making sure that they stay in a top four position. There's just too much creativity, too much uh, danger coming from United's side. Newcastle just doesn't have enough. And if Callum Wilson, who's been, you know, his absence has really hurt Newcastle, uh, if he doesn't play. God, I just don't know. Miguel Almiron <laughs> trying to clone himself. Uh, Saint-Maxime as well. I don't know. I just It's, it's a very uh, steep mountain for Newcastle United to win this one. I, I United will take it. The only hope for Newcastle is that they keep it close and, and maybe see, see what happens. But I'll tell you what, if they lose and then uh, Fulham gets a win, then things are looking very dangerous indeed. And I just want to check who Fulham's facing, Jimmy. Uh, I know. Looking-
2: I could see it. I know I know where you're going with this, and I'm not happy about it. Well, they're that. at home
1: to Sheffield United. It's possible.
2: It's possible. <laughs>
1: so if they win, yeah, I mean, listen. Three points.
2: It's three points. That's yep. that's tight. It's
1: that's big. tight. It's big. It's big. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, we're going to take a break right now, so we let Jimmy just, like, just exhale a little bit. But when we come back, Serie A and a Milan Derby that should be for the ages. Keigo okay, Lasso will be right back.
0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Que Lasso, weekend preview. We are now talking the rest of Europe, and we have to begin. I mean, it would be ludicrous if we didn't. The Milan Derby, Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern. A huge game. A huge game, Jimmy. Inter Milan, top of Serie A. Milan's trying to get back to it. But obviously, again, another disclaimer before uh, both these teams face, you know, not each other, but uh, have a game in the Europa League. How do you see this one? Regardless, regardless of what happens, this is just whoever is on the pitch on this one. It doesn't matter. This is a gigantic game uh, in Italy.
2: It's like the Merseyside derby, right? It it goes above and beyond current form. It goes above and beyond you know, who you're playing next week. If you're in Europe, it doesn't matter. It's between, you know, two, two teams that share a city and in, in particular, these two share a stadium. And there's a lot of bad blood here. And I love it. I think this is the game of the weekend for me with all due respect to all the ones that we've talked about or the ones we're going to talk about after this. if it's only because I think it determines who's going to win, potentially win the Scudetto. And, and I think it's Inter Milan's to lose. They finally got the top spot. They made it theirs. And uh, it's coming off a Milan performance against Specia that was so listless. Like, before that game kicked off last weekend where they lost 2-0 to Specia. Specia is in 13th place, everybody. They, they knew that Juve lost to Napoli. It was a chance for them to, to, to create a bigger gap against the defending champions, the nine-time defending champions, and they couldn't do it. And I just don't understand. It wasn't like Zlatan was out there. All their top guys were out there didn't even get a shot on goal against Spezia. And that's what troubles me a little bit about this Milan team, knowing that they had to go get a result and they couldn't go do it. That said, Inter Milan has gone through their own spells of that this season, mainly in these competitions outside of the league. Now they can only focus on this. They have no midweek games. They're out of the Coppa Italia. They're out of Europe. No Europe League. No Champions League. This is theirs. And they can taste it. And, and they beat Lazio last week. Lazio were on fire. And they, they're like, yeah, no problem. They beat them 3-1, complete control of it for most of it. And they look like the better side. And I think they're going to go on and do it. I like Inter Milan to win this one a lot, uh, especially because Milan have to play against Red Star Belgrade. And uh, that's going to be tough for Stefano Pioli, the manager of Milan, to, to figure out how to balance both. And who does he start in both of these matches? So in terms of betting, I like Inter to win. I think Zlatan will show up. He loves playing in big games. Him scoring any times plus 105. That's decent value. But I like Inter to win. Romelu Lukaku will probably hit one or two. Uh, both teams to score plus 265, and then Inter goes on and wins the league from here. I think this is like this. This is a statement game for Inter Milan. If they lost or if there was a draw, I think they still go on to win the league. But you still you're letting you're letting AC Milan hang out a little bit. I think Milan will end up dropping to third by the end of the table. I think Juve will end up getting second. But this is the this is a big one for Inter to just really say we're we're in charge of the scudetto this season. It's ours to lose.
1: This is gigantic. And to your point, a uh, good correction about Inter Milan. They're not, I'm sorry, in the Europa League at all. They have just this to focus on. And this is obviously, aside from all, if they're both fit, of course, Romelo Lukaku against Latani Ibrahimovic. We, of course, know what happened so last time around. Uh, so, you know, those kind of emotions are just going to be echoed through everybody. And I think you make a very good point. I think um, we've said it. Whoever wins this, I think wins Scudetto. I just, I just think that that's much of a confidence builder to it. I, I don't
2: know. I, I, I really Milan, believe it. I think if Milan wins this, I still think Inter goes on to win the league. And they wow. just don't have any other distractions. Milan still, as good as they are, I think they maybe have already peaked this season, and that and the Milanistas out there probably aren't going to be happy with me saying that. But I just think they have hit their peak, and Inter haven't. They Inter just haven't. They're, they're still a little up and down, but I think they're getting closer to who they want to be. And, and if they win this game, they're taking a bigger step towards making that happen. And, and there was a statement win against Lazio last week. They needed to, to win that game. Lazio were the hottest team in, in Italy. And they're like, nah, we got you. Put, you know, it's like the big brother putting the hand in the face of the little brother. No, 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 no. You guys are on a good run, but we're in charge here, you know. And, and uh, I think this is, again, this is like a huge game, and I can't wait to watch it.
1: It's huge. It's huge. And I think the other component to Inter is the fact that just they don't have any continental worries to, to think about. You know, whereas AC Milan, the, the further they go into the Europa League, the tougher it will get for yeah. them. All right. Uh, anything else going on in Serie A, uh, Jimmy Conrad?
2: Yeah, I think we should mention Atalanta taking on Napoli, fifth versus sixth in the table. They're even on points, so Napoli have a game in hand. Uh, they've just played against each other in the Copa Italia semifinals, and Atalanta handled them over both. 0-0 in the first leg, even though they probably deserved a result out of that and then beat them 3-1 in the second leg. Napoli have a ton, a ton of injuries. Koulibaly's out. Sedgwick Mertens is out. And yes, I know this Napoli team beat Juve last week 1-0. That should be taken into consideration, but... Juve had 27 shots, I think, and, and Napoli had seven. And the only reason they scored was because Chiellini puts his big giant palm in somebody's face, and that gave him a penalty, and that's how they won. Juve, as we saw in the Porto game, you know, maybe not uh, being as clinical in the attacking third as they'd like to be. So, so I kind of chalk that up to more bad luck for Juve than good luck for, for Napoli. I think Atalanta is going to do the business here. I like the win. Atalanta likes to score in over two and a half goals plus 180. I like Duvon Zapata. I'm considering this him to score and Atalanta to win exactly either 2-0, 2-1, or 3-1 at plus 500. It's turning my head a little bit, but that should be a good one as well. It's just unfortunate Napoli are going to Spain to take on Granada in the Europa League. So they've got another competition to, to, to manage, whereas Atalanta didn't have a game midweek because they are playing in the Champions League next week.
1: Yeah, they have Real Madrid, who, which is, you know, another piece of homework they have to take care of. Mm. But uh, regardless, it's a good time to play Napoli, especially after they're coming back from a trip from Europa League, I guess. All right, let's uh, Crotoni on Monday. I mean, mm. you know, it should be straightforward. Juventus will be angry a little bit after that Portolos, I guess, and they want to climb up that table. The thing is, things are not going Andrea Pirlo's way in terms of Scudetto, Champions League, you know, it's tough here. I mean, Crotone is not exactly, you know, uh, a Portuguese champion, but they are, you know, they could pose a threat, anything there, do you think?
2: I would say with regard to Juve, they're still trying to find an identity. It seems like, you know, a new game, a new lineup, maybe, you know, a new tactical formation. I really feel like they missed Juan Cuadrado in particular against Porto. And, you know, that's something they needed to, to consider like, okay, if we miss one player, we can't have that bad of a game. You know, we need, we need to have to make sure we have that balance and that we're still, you know, providing options. So we're not get, getting too one-sided. They felt really one-sided against Porto. And, and I think Porto in some ways kind of put out a blueprint. Hey, if you want to, if you want to beat Juve, this is the way to do it. You just close yeah. the space as fast as possible. You, you try to play into their egos. You know, all these guys think they can play for Juve, right? And then all of a sudden, you, you put a little pressure on them and they get too casual and then you can, you can score. So it's, it's interesting times for Juve, Andrea Pirlo in particular, I think he's still trying to figure out what his identity is. And I do think that Cristiano Ronaldo demands a lot of attention in terms of how you build a team around him. And I wonder, is Ronaldo going to stay after this season if, if they don't win a Scudetto? If they don't win the Coppa Italia? They're in the final against Atalanta? If they don't win the Champions League? They don't win a trophy? I mean, they won this, the Italian Super Cup. I guess that counts. So, so you have that. But that's not enough to keep somebody like Cristiano Ronaldo. So I'm kind of curious how that all plays out, too. There's a, there's a lot riding on this Juventus season. So I'm curious to see how it all, all goes down.
1: Absolutely, me too. All right, let's do a quick roundup of the rest. Uh, let's begin in the Bundesliga because Eintracht Frankfurt, who, you know, is on a roll facing Bayern Munich. Should be a great game in Germany there. Uh, what what yeah. do you see there?
2: Yeah, so I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but Bayern Munich played uh, midweek and had a 3-3 draw with Armenia Bielefeld, which was a big surprise for everybody. They had to come back and get the 3-3 draw. But they got the draw, so fair play to Bayern for still figuring out ways to get results. But the, the lead at the top now is only five points. RB Leipzig is in second on 44. Bayern Munich have 49. So I feel like, all right, maybe there is a slight chance. Gives Leipzig a little bit of a belief. So this is a big game because Frankfurt are on fire. And they're very similar to Bayern. They have one of the top goal scorers in the league. Andre Silva has 18. Lewandowski has 25. They're undefeated at home, Frankfurt, right? And so is Bayern Munich. Um, they, they, I think I have one other fun fact about them, too um they've only lost twice all season both teams have only lost twice all season so this is a good one I I it depends one of the things I've learned throughout this wagering uh career of mine is that you never bet against Bayern Munich because it's such a certainty in life they're going to do the business but I could see a draw here because of how even they play and just how vulnerable if you're giving up three goals against Armenia BFL who's not that great Imagine when you play against a team that actually is the hot, one of the hottest teams in the Bundesliga, right? So, And they're in third right now on track. So it's, 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 they're 10 points behind Leverkusen, excuse me, uh, Bayern Munich at the, at the moment. But this, this is an interesting game. So the draws plus 333. I would look at that pretty hard if you're interested in this one, if you're looking into parlays or whatever. I could also see, because Bayern did have some, they get to rest midweek. Well, I don't know when the last time Bayern got to rest midweek you know, they could be pretty fired up and ready to go. So I could see Andre Silva scoring to give him a nod because of his great season so far. Uh, Bayern winning, then both teams to score, obviously, that would be plus 333. But if you're thinking, no way, Bayern all day, every day, come on, what am I even talking about, Jimmy? You're on drugs. Lewandowski to score, Bayern to win. And I think that Eintracht will score because Bayern just loves bleeding goals. So both teams to score plus 210. That's pretty good value too.
1: Well, I tell you what, the only team, the team that uh, Bayern Munich has lost the most away from home is Eintracht Frankfurt. So you never yeah. know what could happen yeah. there. And by the way, you mentioned, of course, uh, Bayern Munich's last game in the league. We've seen enough of the blueprint this season that they are vulnerable every now and again. Mm-hmm. They, they, they can allow some goals. And to your point, when you face a red hot uh, side, then things can be a little bit more complicated. But Lewandowski's going to score at some He's point. So good. Whether, so good. Whether whether Bayern Munich wins or not, that's another question. All right, let's go to Spain, Jimmy Conrad. I mean, very quickly, as is of course over there, Atletico Madrid against Levante, uh, Real Valladolid against Real Madrid, and Barcelona against Cadiz. So all of this, you would expect a win. Uh, you know, a parlay here, maybe all of them to win.
2: I don't know. I mean, I'd let Atletico just played Levante and they drew one, one and had to come back to, to make that happen. Levante.
1: Very annoying the, team.
2: They are very annoying. They, they are one of those teams you're like, Oh my God, we got to play Levante. They just it's get in of, your face and they don't and, care. Yeah. It's like Premier league. It's like, Oh God, we got to play West Ham. You know, it's, it's <laughs> one. do we really have to go play West Ham right now? It's just one of those kind of teams. And so Levante is solid. And, and I think they're going to put together a good performance. I'd like to think that Leti, That was away from home at the Wanda Metropolitano. They're very good at home. They're going to get a result, but they had to give up one of their games in hand now. So they only have one game in hand on Real Madrid who are in second. And uh, that lead's starting to get a little bit smaller. So I wonder when the squeaky bum time starts to come into effect. This is what Real Madrid do very, very well. They just hang around and they hang around. We saw it in the Champions League group stages, right? like, oh, Real Madrid's out. Then all of a sudden they hang around, they get a couple results, and then they win the group. You're like, wait, how did Real Madrid – (laughs) win the group and I think that there's still there's still a possibility that if atleti start to hit a stretch where they can't get the goals or maybe they're they're leaking some bad ones it happens to every single team in every season but if they can limit that then they have a chance but now it's starting to get razor thin that the and when that get that pressure gets a little bit tighter We'll see how Atleti responds. And Real Madrid just has to hang around. Barcelona just have to hang around a little bit and see how it goes. So I, I'm curious. This is These are the games, though, that Atleti, your champions, if you're going to win any league, you have to win these. And they're not always pretty wins, but you have to go out there and do it. So keep your eye on all three of these games. I don't think all three of them are going to win, which will obviously give us a lot of fodder to talk about on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and of course, Barcelona, who have to wake themselves up again after that uh, loss to PSG, of course. All right, PSG Monaco, uh, talking of PSG, that should be a good game, I believe. Yeah, very good. You, you have some. Uh, I, do, I do. I you- do. I'm
2: prepared for this one. I would say that uh, this was one of my favorite games so far of the season because when, when PSG played Monaco earlier in Monaco, Killing Mbappe playing against his former club scored two goals in the first 40 minutes. They were cruising. Like PSG, we've seen this PSG before. They, they look so good. Like, how can anybody beat them ever because they're, they look so good? That was the first half for PSG. Second half, Mr. Sesk Fabregas comes on. And he has a goal and an assist, including the game winner in the 84th minute to help God, Monaco turn around it around. was three, such it was, a good game. Su- listen, if you're going to go find highlights, go watch this one. It was such a good game. And says Fabregas, what an absolute hero, pulling out all the magic. I mean, that guy should start all the time. He's so crafty and good. Love him. So, so, so Monaco are quietly putting together a really good season. You know, they're, they're in fourth. They're only five points behind PSG. Only one point behind uh, Lille at the top. Um, so... I don't know, though. It's similar to Liverpool, similar to Dortmund, who we didn't talk about, but are playing in the Revier derby against Schalke. And Schalke sucks, so that should be pretty one-way traffic there for, for Dortmund. This could be the catalyst. PSG had this fantastic performance, right? And, and I think they're going to carry that over into taking down an opponent that uh, took care of them a little bit earlier in the season. The safe play for me is PSG to win both teams to score plus 160. If you're feeling this this I don't know if you've heard of him before Kylian Mbappe, pretty good player, uh him to score both teams to score PSG to win is plus 275. If you're feeling like uh, you want something specific, Wissam Ben Yedder just scored two goals against Lorient this past weekend, including a 92nd minute game or game saving draw for for Monaco to keep their uh, their streak going of unbeaten streak going. Great play, plus, plus 175. I like Ben Yedder to, to get an opportunity, him to score anytime. So some some good value there. You know, you just have to find which prop bets uh, work the best for you.
1: Well, I like those prop bets to go for because the thing is, it's going to be tricky for PSG because Monaco are unbeaten in the last 10. Like they're, they're not going to be an easy team to roll over. Uh, but to your point, a certain Mr. Kylian Mbappé will <laughs> want to do his thing against his former club. I always forget, by the way. Oh, yeah. Kylian Mbappé also won the World Cup, by the way. Like, did we forget? It's
2: ridiculous. Scored the World Cup final. Teenager. That's
1: right. Oh God, it's ridiculous. Well, that's it. Ending it with Kylian Mbappé praise is always a good thing. Uh Jimmy Conrad, any final thoughts before we say goodbye in this great loaded, packed, uh, scintillating weekend preview.
2: Yeah, I gotta go lay down. That was a lot of games to talk about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you lay down, my friend. You have earned it. Jimmy, thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad, James Bench, and Tommy Susek for joining us today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Que Pod. We're on YouTube, youtube youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. We're also on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating and review. We're on Spotify, on Stitcher, cbssports.com. Keep continuing to support us and we will provide more and more content. Have a great, great weekend.